Welcome back to another episode of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker Fan Podcast, where we try to be sweet, but sometimes we get salty. I am your host, Ken. And I am your host, Scott. And we're joined by a couple of other guys who host a Husker Fan Podcast, namely Brian from the Husker Army Podcast. What's going on, Brian? Oh, same old, same old. You know, we talked about a loss. We're talking about head coaches. Now we're talking about outside coaches. And Andrew. Buddy, what's going on from the Big Red and More podcast? Why in the hell didn't your partner in crime, Jaden, show up tonight? I mean, I'm sure he's got a good reason, but Husker yeah, football Husker. has got to be the best reason to hang out and talk to other Husker fans, right? Right. Yeah, no, he had to go make the kids <laughs> suffer. So oh, uh, wife was going to do it. She got, she got, she's not feeling good, so he had to go make the kids suffer. So, Well, what we're here to do is uh, continue a discussion we started on the Husker Army podcast here tonight where we talked about the pros and cons of uh, Mickey Joseph being named the permanent head coach at Nebraska. Why don't we get into guys what we think the future of the or at least what we hope the future of the Husker football program is. And as I said earlier, we uh, I put out um, set up a group text between the eight people that were supposed to be involved in this chat and we all ranked our top five selections for the future head coach at Nebraska. And um, <clears throat> here's how I chose the top three, because we all put in five, but we had to end up with three. Otherwise, we'd be here all night. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And maybe we still will be, because who gives a shit at this point in the day? <laughs> um, all panelists in here provided their top five candidates in order of preference to prevent a tie among multiple panelists choosing the same coach. Each one was given a point rating based on the order of preference. Coaches ranked number one were valued at five points, and every coach from two through five were decreased by a point value each. Points were compiled, determining the top three. Among the 16 people who got votes, these are the coaches uh, and how they were ranked on their most votes. Lane Kiffin got seven, and we all know that dude is probably staying in the SEC. But we're going to talk about him anyway. Urban Meyer got five. Screw that guy. I don't want him here at Nebraska. Call me a wacko who thinks that doing things the right way is something you should do. I just don't want Urban Meyer here. Uh, Matt Rule got was in third place along with Lance Leopold, but based on the way everybody placed those guys in their, in their list of top five, yeah. Matt Rule won out and got more votes than Leopold did. But what's weird is with Kyle Whittingham at with three votes, he still got more points overall than Lance Leopold or Chris Kleiman got. Go figure. Uh, Dave Aranda came in with three, Brett Bielema with two, and then Campbell, Doran, Fickle, Flores. Flores. Drunk Monk is the guy that put in Brian Flores. Did you guys look really? him up? Who the hell is Brian Flores? Like a linebacker coach at fucking Steelers. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and then Hypo with one, I think that was uh Kenny did that because and then no. he didn't show up, no. so no, no, that, 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 that'd be me. I, I put, I oh, put okay, that there. was that was Hypo, that was you, and then yeah, Chip Kelly and K- Cliff Kingsbury were Kenny. Andrew, go ahead, talk about your top five. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry guys, my there my, he is, uh, Air- he's back. Sorry, my my AirPods are low battery so i was trying to struggle to find another one's really quick in case they die on me you're all good dude. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, Lane, uh, number one. Um, I just feel like, I just feel like he's the best option out there. Realistically. Um, I think he, he knows how to adapt to what players he has rather than just trying to hammer in his own system, no matter what. And that's, that's just the way it is. So he's not black and white. He's very adaptable, um, heavy emphasis on the lines. Um, so that's why he's my number one urban say what you want about him for wins. You know what I mean? And I'm <laughs> at the point to where I just want to win Uh rule. I like, um, I like the fact that I think he's can, um, take over a program and, and do well with it. You know, uh, Dave Doran, Dave Doran's my real big under the radar guy because, Oh, thank you, babe. Uh, he's my big under the radar guy because um, I I feel like he's a heavy emphasis on what we need for the Big Ten. You know, grounded pound, um, dirty work, dirty style of play. You know, lunch pail type of team. Um, and then Dion. I mean, could you imagine Dion and Mickey together on the recruiting trail? It's un- it would be absolutely Crazy. unreal. So. I'll pop out just for a sec, switch headphones, and then I'll be right back in. Alrighty, Brian. Drop right. some knowledge on us on your top five over the next minute or two. Okay. I'm I'm kind of gonna go out of order as to how my guys are in there because I've got a little bit to say about Lane Kiffin. Um, I mean, let's think about this. Andrew's right. Deion Sanders and Mickey Joseph together, it that would be a match made in heaven. Uh, I don't know if Dion quite has the resume that Trev is looking for. I highly doubt it is. So Dion's probably not on Trev's mm-hmm. list. Lance Leipold, I have him there for the simple fact of the job he has done with Kansas this season alone has right. been outright a miracle. I mean, he has done something in a matter of one season that Les Miles couldn't do in one season. It's amazing to me that Kansas is going bowling, and I believe they won their first six games, were bowl eligible, the fastest they've been since 2007. Yes, yes. Now, Matt uh, Urban Meyer, his resume speaks for itself. It's look, I'm right there with you, Ken. When they when Scott was fired, people were calling for Urban. I was one of the ones that said, "No, are we willing to sacrifice?" our morals for wins the way the rest of this season is played out i'm with andrew now yes i I will sacrifice a little bit of my morals to get some (laughs) wins matt rule i have got we talked about that you and i on twitter the job he did at temple is outstanding nobody Mm -hmm. cared who the hell temple was that was an automatic w on anybody's schedule before he came there then to look at what he did taking over the huge mess at Baylor after Art Bryles, yeah. that was no small feat in itself mm-hmm. right there. So he has shown that he can come into a horrible fucking situation and be able to pull this shit together and do yep. something with a pile of shit and polish it into somewhat of a diamond. Or at least a glance of a diamond. Right. Now, right. Lane Kiffin. Holy shit, where do I begin? 
All right. So the longest stint he's had so far is spending six years at USC as offensive right. coordinator. Then after that, becomes head coach of the Raiders for two yeah, asterisk seasons. Because in 07, goes 4-12, and 12, goes 1-3 and three in 08. They fire his ass after four games. Gone. Then he becomes head coach of Tennessee for one season. Goes seven and six. Left for the next mm-hmm. job in the middle of recruiting. That's a big deal for me. Okay? Right. Leaves goes to USC for four seasons. Goes 29 and 20. Then he goes to Bama as offensive coordinator for another three seasons. Keep that number in mind. Three seasons. After being offensive coordinator at Bama, becomes head coach of Florida Atlantic for three seasons. Goes 26 and 13. Very reputable record. Put Florida Atlantic on the map. Then becomes now head coach of Ole Miss since 2020. He is in his third season. He is right now 23 and 10. Right. Now let's think about this. Like mm-hmm. I said, third season. And now what are we hearing? He's ready to leave. I'm not right. so sure I want a guy here that shows on his resume that he's he's willing to spend three, maybe four seasons, then he's willing to find somewhere new. Right. Right. It scares me. I I completely agree. Completely agree. <clears throat> so he's still your number one though, just based on what he's done, right? Yeah, he could get yeah. wins right away. And is he going to probably take off if he comes here? Which, you know, couldn't find out. He's probably not. Probably going to stay stick around the SEC, hopefully. But if he were to come here, maybe he mm. gets us some wins and brings us back up. And whoever comes in wouldn't have such a mess to take over. So here's mine. Starting from number five, like you did, Brian, which is probably smart. And I'm too school for too cool from school, so yeah, just do this. My number five is Chris Kleiman, um, mostly because over the last few weeks, that dude has figured out how to kick the living shit out of Oklahoma State, forty-eight mm-hmm. to nothing. I think he beat Baylor in that time too, uh, without Adrian Martinez. And uh, Adrian went out in the first quarter of that Baylor game, left, and the guy came in behind him, Will Powers or whatever his name was. Uh, willpower, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, he's, they haven't skipped a beat because you know what Chris Kleiman and his quarterback coach can do <laughs> and develop a fucking backup. Lance Leopold is my second, uh, my number four guy, just because what he did at, at he left Buffalo better than when he, than, than it was when he left. Um, he left obviously Wisconsin whitewater after winning what? 17 national freaking championships in a row or something like that goes to Buffalo, makes them better and leaves them better than when, than when he left. Uh, and obviously he's only going to make Kansas better. They're going to be a hard out for anybody that plays them every single week in the big 12. Hey, hasn't that been what we've been wanting at Nebraska as being a hard out for anybody that plays us? Granted, there's been games over the last two years where we've been a hard out, but they knew all they had to do was stick to it until the fourth quarter and they would beat us. Mm -hmm. They knew they would beat us with a, with a Leipold coach team. They wouldn't know that for sure. In my opinion, they wouldn't know that Kyle Whittingham, which we'll get into a little bit deeper 
Uh, well, no, he won't because he's not in the top three. But for me, for <laughs> his 19 years at Utah, because he's been the only coach at Utah since Urban Meyer left to go coach Florida. And all he's done is go, and go to, uh, what has he been there? 19 years, he's gone to 11 bowl games. He's won like nine of them. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing to make a co- make a football team tough to beat. And he's been almost better in the Pac-12 than he was when they were in the Mountain West, I think it was, before they got to the Big 12 or, mm-hmm. or the Pac-12. So the guy knows how to coach, knows how to teach a team to win, and they do it up front, which is where Nebraska has to get better. Um, Lane Kiffin is my number two, namely because – he's been really good at Ole Miss. And the reason he's been really good at Ole Miss is because he was really good as an offensive coordinator at Alabama. He spent what? Four years, six years at USC. Yeah. Six at USC. As a, as a, like three years as an offensive coordinator and four years as a head coach or something like that. Um, So he did well while he was there. Um, and then three years at Alabama, which were three of the more prolific years as an offensive coordinator, because Nick Saban had no desire to morph into the spread offense until Lane got there. And Lane said, you've got to go here. If you don't go here, you're going to be the Arkansas of the SEC West. And he convinced him. And he won, what, two national championships, I think, as an offensive coordinator over three years. So that says something. And he's been really, really good at Ole Miss after his stint at uh, Florida Atlantic. I just, as a self-respecting human being, I can't keep sunglasses on any longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my number uh, one is, is, is Matt Rule. Not because of his NFL resume, because he really doesn't have one, um, but because <laughs> of what he was able to do at Temple. Nobody won at Temple. There was a couple of guys two or three years before he got there that mm. got them to eight wins, but nobody, as far as I could see, as far back as I went, won 10 games at Temple. Nobody won 10 games at Temple. He won 10 games in the conference they were in before they went to the AAC. And then what did he do when he got to the AAC? He won 10 games the first year he was there. That was with UCF. That was with USF. That was with all those really good teams down there in Florida. He still won 10 games. And then he goes to Baylor after the dumpster fire that was the Art Bryles area with 45 scholarship football Mm. players. 45. He brought three in, I think, if I remember right. Three scholarship football players on on scholarship came in his first year. Granted, they went 1-11. Who wouldn't go one in eleven with forty-five scholarship players, except for maybe Bill O'Brien? <laughs> and and then the next year he went what six and seven, seven and six, something like that. And then he goes ten and three um, after a bowl game in his third year, and then he goes off to the NFL. So give me Matt Rule all day long because that guy knows how to develop kids. He knows how to get kids to play for him. Maybe it didn't work in the NFL, but really. How many entitled millionaires give six shits from Sunday about a dude who won 19 games at Baylor? Not too many. But I think if he would have gone to Carolina two years later after he won 40 games at Baylor, they might have listened. They might have listened. So that's my top five. I know I totally uh, 
took over the stream here for a little bit, but it's well, you had stream. to get out your thoughts. I mean, <laughs> yeah. give, your, give your frame That's of reference point. and your logic, and I mean, yeah. you articulated it very well. I, I, I rambled up for like minutes. <laughs> can you know what? Can you're like no. Brian on his last episode? Don't forget, this is your this is your podcast. You can take it over. <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm the honky of the Gen Red podcast. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that makes right. me boomer then, I guess. <laughs> Scott, there you go. There you go. You've got a name in your top five, Scott, that none of us have. Wow. Uh, and that would be your yes, number you two do. guy. But go ahead and start at number five and, and give your, your reasoning. All right. Disclaimer. I have zero reasoning. I have put zero thought <laughs> into this because I don't give a f- I can put a lot of thought into Mickey Joseph because he's actually here. And I feel like even though I know my words hold approximately (laughs) as much weight as helium. um, (laughs) So the reason why I didn't put, I I honestly didn't put any thought into this. I just picked names because of what was going on in their past, sort of what's going on currently, sort of. Little bit of little bit of forethought because before I, I my my top five was just memes. I mean, I did like Urban Meyer, <laughs> Nick Saban, uh, shoot, I don't even remember. I just put just a bunch of names that I was like, I don't give a shit, just put these names down. So my number five is Matt Rule for honestly the the same reasons my my dad has has uh has as explained. You know, he did some good things at Temple. He did some good things at Baylor. Um, did he have a successful stint in the NFL? No, he did not. But I mean, there aren't very many college coaches in recent era that just go to the, go to the, go to the NFL after having a successful coaching career in, in college and do well. It doesn't, it doesn't often translate very well. Um, especially ones that don't have a quarterback. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Having, having, yeah, no, that's, that's not a good, that's not a good way to start your NFL career. Um, <laughs> I got him in at number five, just cause I don't know, just put, just put him there, I guess. Um, I got Lance Leipold at number four. Cause I mean, hell yeah, let's make Kansas, uh, you know, make Kansas great again. You know, like <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's make the Jayhawks look pretty decent. Okay. Even though they've had, you know, a rough couple of weeks, um, rough few weeks, really. I yeah. mean, I think they've lost three or four in a row now, but, yeah. um, it is what it is. I mean, that's, they're still going to go bowling, which is, you could say a lot about that considering we haven't been bowling in like six <laughs> years. Um, but yeah, so I got Lance Leipold at number four, love the dude. Love what he did at at Buffalo. Um, I got Kyle, Kyle Wittenham at number three for the exact same reasons my dad stated. I mean, he's had sustained, reliable success at Utah. Has he gone and just blown the whole world up, gone undefeated? No, hmm. no. But he's maintained consistent success. He's gone bowling, you know, more than 50% of his seasons there. Um, yeah, like dad said has had, you know, multiple 10 win seasons, um, is competitive with everybody in the pac 12. I mean, they're going toe to toe with everybody. Yeah. Do they have some bad games every once in a while? Yeah. But that's that, that happens. Um, so I've got Kyle Whittenham. Is he realistic? Probably not like definitely a long shot. Um, 
but whatever. I mean, if, if he were to come here and retire and just at least build our program as like a, a transition, you know, a transitory coach, you know, show up, start the process of building, lay a good foundation and then move on that that's okay with me, I guess. Um, which that leads me to number yeah, two. Once that you leads- kind of argue, that's all we're really looking for out of urban too, for everyone that wants urban. Like, do you realistically see him staying here more than, you know, five years or so and just coming in kind of building it up and leaving too? Yeah. And that's what I actually had. I actually had urban. And like I said, I had him in my original top five memes. Um, Dave Aranda's who I got number two. I, I picked him as my number two. Cause uh, he's bald and looks cool. Um, <laughs> number one, I've got Lane Kiffin. Same thing. He could just build a program and then peace out and at least lay a good foundation. Um, and I'll just, I'll just go right back around full circle. The reason why I said I don't really give a shit is because it's like, I, I know what we've got with Mickey so I can talk about it. There's a million options. Uh, oh. There's so many coaches to choose from. It changes the ebb and flow of what is going on in the coaching carousel. It changes week mm-hmm. to week. There's the new flavor of the week with coaches and everybody just dives deep into it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't want to waste my time with that because mm-hmm. ultimately there Trev's going to pick a guy, whether it's Mickey or somebody else, he's going to pick a guy and then I can dive deep into it and be like, okay, this is what, this is what we got going on. Because why in the world would I spend all of my time and energy looking at 20 to 30 different coaching candidates, diving deep and figuring out what their past is and, all the nuances of their strengths and weaknesses and where they've been and what they've done or not done when I could just not do all of that and just wait for the next guy to get hired and then really dive deep, put my tinfoil hat on and see where the fuck it's going to go crazy. Um, (laughs) Well, because to your point, to your point, it's redundant and almost a waste of a time until we know it's something official, you know, you can, you can drive yourself go crazy thinking about all the different scenarios and you know everybody's different backgrounds and everything like that i think very fair to your point there scott is like we have we have lives you know what i mean like it may not necessarily mean it or seem like it all the time but we do have other to do in our lives besides spend all day looking at the million different scenarios that could play out there was a time i sat down and was like okay i'll go through the list and i was like no Damn it. I told myself <laughs> I was not going to do this. I'm not fucking doing it. Do something else. Write lyrics. Go to the gym. Watch a Netflix series. Better call Saul. You know, like just do anything <laughs> other than the thing that you said you weren't going to do because I am a man of my word. <laughs> and I don't want to waste any of my time or energy on this. this is bullshit. So uh, that's basically what I did. Um, and I, I'm actually, I'm, you know, I've, I also kind of want to just add a little bit of spice and flavor to the podcast. So that's pretty much what I did. Um, and yeah, you know, sue me, I guess. Um, I'll call Saul, you know, that's what I'll do. Cause I watched great all, show. Great all, show. Freaking phenomenal. I'm so glad I waited until all of it had concluded and yeah. then immediately started binge watching it. Cause it just like, I could just, brrr, I mean, I had to purchase the last season so I could watch it. Um, which I was okay with doing because here you go, you know, Vance, uh, Vince Gilligan and whoever, whatever the people, the writers of that show, phenomenal. I'll give you my money. 
Um, but yeah, nope. That's <laughs> that's basically it. I'm I'm really excited. Like I'm really excited for whoever comes down the pipeline and and whoever they sh- you know whoever shows up. As long as it isn't a, is, you know, like a Mike Riley, somebody just way out in left yeah. field. That's just like, yeah, yeah. We hired the coach from, from you know, Al. Who's your disappointing UConn. coach then? UConn. We hired the UConn coach because well, that's you know, Jim Mora. Jim Mora actually wouldn't be too bad, but I get what you're saying. Who would be your deflated, so disappointed hire? Like, is there a name out there that's disappointing to you? Like, say, I, I'm not saying they are for me. I'm just throwing out names like Jeff Munkin from Army, Jim Calhoun from Air Force. I don't know why I keep saying military captains right now, man. but um, <laughs> but you know, is is for the soldiers, man? What the hell? Yeah, no, that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Way to shit on the Husker Army podcast, Andrew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who? who who is your – well, I am Big Red and more too, so whatever. I have to <laughs> shit on people. A little inside well joke there. Um, well played, but anyway, Well played. Who, who is your – who would be your Mike Riley hire where you're like, who? Because you remember when Mike Riley got hired, most of us had to go Google that f- and yeah. the only thing that got me, my blood flowing for him was Brandon Cooks. How he, re- like, Cooks was recruited as a safety or something and then turned him into a first-round uh, draft pick, and he was tearing up the league at that time for the Saints. So um, I talked myself into Riley because of that one reason. But who is your guys's would be your Mike Riley hire? Mm. Well, Go I'll, ahead, Brian. Since, what do you think? Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, where could you begin? Like like you said, when they hired Mike Riley, the only thing I knew about him is he was Oregon State's head coach for a long time. What have I known about Oregon State my entire life? They suck. Yep. Once in a while, they'll get a good win over USC or Oregon. But other than that, they are not consistently making bowl games. I knew that as a child. So when they hired him, as I did with Callahan, and as a f***ing Husker fan that I am, I said, f*** it, let's give the guy a try. It ain't my choice. Yeah, anyway, yeah he'll more resources, guy. more money to play with, you know, a better exactly. recruiting budget. Yeah, yeah we, we try to talk yourself into it, yeah. Yeah, uh, so as, I mean, God, I just, I, knowing that Trev has got that talent agency helping out, I would think they're not going to go get somebody that is, oh, I hate to say this to have him on my list, like a Deion Sanders because he's just a name, not a proven coach. Commodity in the Power Five. Yep. Yes, because I don't think we're going to make another Mike Riley experiment mistake. Nope. I don't see Trev yeah. that type of move. That, that <laughs> was more of an overcorrection for Bo because of <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> And, and personality the, as opposed to the coach. And yeah, also at the time, making, Rogers. and also at the time for us getting rid of Bo, but I want to go there. You know, we got a lot of no's because of it. it's like, well, if they're firing him for his record. What the hell are they going to do to me? Yeah. Well, to be fair to Mike Riley, and I am not one that wants to be fair to Mike Riley, <laughs> but he had more top 10 wins as a Husker football head coach than Scott Frost did. <laughs> One. 
Doesn't well, that suck? Dad, who would be yeah. your out in left field coach hire that you'd be like, what? That's like, right. Wh- you and you and Andrew did, right? Uh, Brian and Andrew, actually, I, I never answered. I didn't, I didn't give mine yet. You guys all go ahead. Out of left field hire for me would be... <sighs> good heavens, that's a good question. That's a really good question. For me, the out in left field hire would be uh, Cliff Kingsbury as a head yeah. coach. If he was hired in to run a spread offense here, as long as we got an offensive line and a defensive line coach that could make sure that people hated playing us every week... I have no problem with uh, Cliff Kingsbury being an offensive coordinator, but a head coach, f- that noise. Don't want that guy. <laughs> that that would be that would be my outside of the box. Uh, so love you, Kenny, but you're wrong on this. Um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Who's next? Is that Scott? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, obviously, well, I, I if I haven't put a lot of thought into potential coaching hires, and I clearly haven't put any thought into what would be out in left field, but there is one name that is always just for the memes been stuck in my head, living rent free. That if it were to ever happen, I would just go into catatonic failure of life because if we were to hire somebody like Hugh Freeze, um, mm. I. I don't like, I understand he's doing some good things at Liberty. Like that's awesome. But there would be no worse omen that you could ever ask for Husker (laughs) football than to go from a coach named Frost to a coach named Freeze and expect anything successful to come of it. Let me get this out real quick before my headphones die. Uh, My Mike Riley hire, like disappointing hire would be Craig Bull. Oh, yep. good one. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <sighs> Craig Bull. It's just that, like, that. you might as well hire Mickey over him because yes. it's like way to take a step completely back. You know oh. what I mean? If you think we take a step forward and two steps back all the time now, that would be like leaping decades behind. So oh, that would be the uh, most disappointing the Wy- hire to me. Wyoming, Wyoming head coach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Was our defensive coordinator in 2002, yep. which yeah. is why Bill Pelini got here. Yep. Yeah. Anybody originally. remember that Colorado game in 2001? Oh, God. Well, that and Craig Bull was I've the one who started the North Dakota that, State's Brian. run. <laughs> yeah, he God, did. He, that's he did. Why, great that's why I ever. Yeah, that's why a lot of people like him is because he took North Dakota State off and running in their little dynasty in D2 and then went to Wyoming and had Josh Allen. So then everybody's kind of like, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe Craig Bull and stuff. I'm like, get the f*** out of my face with that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, dude, uh, Andrew, why don't you tell us how you really feel? About Craig Bull. I'm pretty I sure hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I almost said Jaden because it says, uh, you know, Big Red and more too. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I didn't know you just yeah. changed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did get that right after the last episode. So, yeah. yeah that's a good one, Andrew. And yeah, uh, you know, going back to the episode we just did before this, how I said I got a soft spot for former players. I don't have a f-ing soft spot for former coaches. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> if you were here, but you're no longer here coaching, I don't want There's your ass back here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, what's he going to do? Bring Charlie McBride on staff and Barry Alvarez? You know, like settle down. See, Bellini was a different story because everybody wanted him. Oh yeah, Callahan for offensive line coach. Now that I would take in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> Best That's it. Line coach that Could you imagine? Think about this. Ultimate <laughs> Husker. Former Husker coaches coming together to form a dream team coaching. You have Frost as your coordinator. You have Callahan as your offensive line coach. You have Pelini as your D coordinator. You mm-hmm. have maybe what Carl Pelini as your defensive line, yeah. um, or like Charlie McBride, or you know Ooh. one of those guys coming back in. You got Barry Alvarez coming back, like linebackers. Well, coach. obviously you obviously you got To as the head coach, right? <laughs> Keep Mickey Joseph as the wide receivers coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where do you put Bob Devaney in there? No, you Ooh. bring Frank Solich back as a running backs coach, or Ron Brown. Perfect. Or elevate Perfect. Ron Brown to running backs coach because nobody yep. ran angrier than Burkhead and Abdullah oh. when he was running backs coach. Those yep. guys ran pissed off every yes. game. I love. Burkhead was one of the nicest kids ever. Yep, but he didn't want to see the other uniform on the other side of the line from him. He was going to run that <laughs> over. That's how he Always felt. fell forward. Mm-hmm. See, I just got an idea for my next for my next podcast. The Husker <laughs> yeah. dream, team. dream Team. Yeah, yeah. Guys, real quick, uh, Andrew, what do you think the final score next week against Iowa is to be? I know you haven't recorded your show yet, so twenty-seven twenty-four. Fuck Iowa. Oh, Nebraska wins twenty-seven twenty-four. Twenty-seven, twenty-four. Fuck Iowa. I'll never pick Iowa to win ever. Iowa's no matter what. Sucks. They could be They could be on the verge of national champions, and I'll never fucking pick them to win against us. God dang it, Dad! Ever. You know what I just realized? Hold on a second. I had what, said what, 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 from what, the what? beginning of our podcast, I would never pick Iowa to win. Yeah, well, you and did. I so. That up today. Yep, Oops, you did, Scott. What? The uh, all right. Well, that's it. I quit. Hey, maybe well, they're going to win. Now we'll probably win. Yeah. Maybe they're going to win, though. Yeah. How about you, Brian? What do you think for <laughs> Iowa, Nebraska? What's the final okay. score? Okay. Final score. I, man, I think this is going to play out like it did in 09 against Oklahoma and Lincoln. It's going to be very, very low scoring. I'm talking possibly 13 to 10 or 10 to 7, Nebraska. So, uh andrew where can folks find you guys on social media uh yeah you can find me at big red and more two on twitter uh big red and more podcast and more one <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> <laughs> but yeah if you if you like people that don't get on their twitter you can go check him out uh, he's got some good retweets <laughs> he's got some good uh, retweets man yeah but no uh, figure out more on, on Facebook and then on all podcast platforms. Uh, ours always drops Wednesday. We record Wednesday night, so it always drops. You know, if you're subscribed or whatever, you'll get it the night before. You know, we always post it Thursday morning on Facebook or Twitter, okay. Facebook, whatever. So. so they can find you at Big Red and More on all the podcast apps out there, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. And it's spelled out. The and is spelled out. Yep. Okay. How about you, Brian? Where can folks find you? Yeah, pretty simple to find us. Twitter, Instagram, at Husker Army Pod. YouTube, Husker Army Podcast. 
just Google us. You'll, you, it pops right up anywhere you yes, find sir. audio. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Buzzsprout. Ha, remember the damn thing this time? Unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty simple to find us. Of course, you guys follow Kenny Cheatham. Husker Noop 1911. It's a good follow. Scott, where can folks find you on social media? Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott Genred Pod. That's Scott with two T's. The second T is silent. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much all. That's pretty much everywhere you can find me. I mean, you can find me on Facebook if you want, but really all I do there is just post memes. And that's where I get my politics. So if you don't want politics, stay out on Facebook. Yeah, don't. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Twitter, politics free, only Husker stuff, and occasionally I retweet, retweet dad jokes, even though I'm not a dad. Um, I just find them funny, and I take after my dad. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. And, Dad, where can everyone find all of our other shit? Well, if you go to our website at genredpod.com, G-E-N-R-E-D-P-O-D.com, click the links at the top of the page, and you will be able to find our Facebook, Twitter, and um youtube information make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel for all of our past content and then ring that bell so that you don't miss anything that we do in the future including this stream which will drop tuesday night or no yeah tuesday night at 5 30 <laughs> the audio there show will go. drop wednesday morning at 8 a.m and make sure you like this video too as it helps get this stream out to more Husker fans. The audio version of this show will be available for download Download on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Generation Red, subscribe, and then please take a few minutes to leave us a rating and a review. It also helps folk, folks find our show on their favorite podcast app. If you like it, you rate it, and you review it. We will be doing our next show on... Uh, the 27th of November at 7.30 in the evening to review the Iowa game, which I'm not sure is going to be a lot of fun to do, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> and until next yeah. time, folks, he is Scott, and he's my son, in whom I am extremely well pleased. I am his dad, Ken. Together, we're not just Generation Red. Actually, the most important thing, we're family. And we're here to remind you every single week that there is no place like Nebraska. I was corn sucks dick and go big red. Yeah. yeah. What do you say, boys? What do you say? Uh, what do you go say? big red. Go uh, big red. Absolutely. Hey, hang out, boys. We can talk a little bit in a post post uh post show chat. We'll see you in a bit.